Welcome back to the Torchbearers Podcast, where we are carrying the testimonies of Jesus from generation to generation to uncover the depths of God's nature, character, and values. We pray that in each episode, the Holy Spirit inspires greater expectation of God's active presence in our lives. In Christ, we are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the good things He has for us. Let's jump in. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Torchbearers Podcast. We are coming to you live from the booth with episode two. Right now, we have with us our co-host and producer, Lauren. Hey, everybody. And our honored guest for the day, Lucy. Hi. (laughs) So we are so excited to have Lucy jump in with us today. I'm so excited for y'all to hear about her life and her testimony of Jesus. I got the privilege of living with Lucy for a year while we were in college, and not only was it really fun, it was really beautiful and transformative because Lucy loves Jesus, and it's really obvious to everyone who's around her. So we're so excited to have her on here. Lauren, do you have anything to add? Yeah, Lucy is just one of the best people I've ever met. And I mean that super sincerely. Um, I met her my first week of college, and the love that she shared for Jesus and the peace that she carries was something that made me even hungrier for Jesus throughout college. So I'm so happy that we get to talk to her today. Yeah. And Lucy, thank you for joining us. Do you want to give a brief introduction to our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to. First of all, that's the kindest introduction ever. I love both of you guys so much. We're here to hype you up. It's our job. Thanks. Love it. Um, Yeah, like they said, my name's Lucy. Um, I currently live in Fort Worth, Texas. Lived in Waco with both these gals. And then before that, grew up in Colorado. Um, I'm a social worker and a therapist. And yeah. I love Jesus. I use that a lot in my life. Yeah. Well, speaking of, we want to hear about it. So would you share your testimony of Jesus that you feel led to share? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm going to try to make this as cohesive as possible. You're going to be great. Um, great. Um, but yeah, just a brief like overview update. Not going to go into too much detail. Um, but like I said, I was raised in Colorado. I grew up in Boulder, which is kind of a little hippie town, hippie university town. So kind of the opposite of where I end up in Waco, Texas. Um, but I love it so deeply. Um, but didn't really grow up knowing Jesus. Um, my family was Catholic. And so I did all like the sacraments and learned the prayers I was supposed to pray, but didn't really understand why we go to church or who Jesus was or what the Bible was or yeah, I just knew nothing except that God existed and he was this weird being that I didn't understand and didn't feel like I could understand. Um, and then growing up, things were just a little complicated sometimes. Um, just people in my family having their own struggles, all of us having their own struggles. Um, just a lot of addiction in my family, a lot of brokenness, and me myself chose pretty unhealthy ways to cope with that. Um, and yeah, I think ways that I've seen Jesus redeem a lot in the future as I've walked with him, um, which is just really kind of God, where I had my own plan and 
my own way of like, I can do this. I'm almost independent. Um, but as I met Jesus in high school, even more deeply in college, just learned to let him lead me and that I had my own plan, but his plan was actually so much better. Um, and yeah, just to rely on him. And so I started going to Young Life when I was in high school. I was invited by some of my best friends. So that was fun. And really just started hearing stories of the person of Jesus. And it was these stories that I'd heard glimpses of growing up, but it just felt like I was hearing them in a whole new way. And I was like, whoa, this is real. And this is truth. Um, but still high school friends, life happens and just didn't really know how to walk with the Lord and didn't have a ton of community in my hometown to help me do that. Um, and then when I went to Baylor in college, just got connected to really solid community, which Lexa and Lauren are both a part of and, um, all just strengthening and encouraging each other on how to walk with the Lord and what it actually looks like to live life with him and not just obeying him or going to church or reading the Bible or all these things, but like actually how to live every day with Jesus and with the Holy spirit. Um, and yeah, just let him take leadership of your life. So, um, yeah, I think in college I was walking with the Lord. I felt like walking with Jesus was going to be a really boring life and yeah. meant giving up all the fun and everything that I thought college was supposed to be air quotes, like everything <laughs> I thought in movies and crazy and everything like that. And I was like, that felt fun. Like that sounded fun and exciting. And it felt like choosing Jesus was the total opposite of that. Um, but that's, I don't know how to explain it other than the least accurate thing ever. And life with Jesus <laughs> is the best and the most fun I've ever had. And he's taken me all over the world. Literally I've met amazing people and some of my best friends and, um, yeah, it's just a lot more, yeah, a lot more strengthened and just better to do it with the Lord and also with people. Um, and that doesn't mean that life isn't hard or that things don't go wrong or that life is going to be perfect. Um, so when I was in college, really in grad school, kind of COVID. I graduated in the midst of COVID. So life was just crazy for everyone. Um, but my parents got divorced in that time. So they'd married for over 35 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in April of 2020, um, like I said, have their own battles, but I'm not going to go into that because that's their story. Um, but yeah, they just decided to get divorced and I was alone in Texas, there in Colorado and Pennsylvania and all over the country. And I was like, man, I feel really alone out here mm -hmm. and felt really abandoned. And it was really hard. And it was like, the world felt like it was ending. My family was falling apart. I was falling apart. Everything I had planned for my future after graduation was a big question mark. Cause it was like, what's the next year going to even look like? And I mean, I think we can all have our moments in COVID where it was like, what was that? Or what was happening? <laughs> Everyone's like, the um, world is turning upside down. <laughs> but even more so for you in that season, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So having my family, um, yeah, just separate, added its own challenges. And um, yeah, it was hard because my 
dad and my brother were still in Colorado. My mom was in Colorado for some time and then ended up moving. And so it felt like, yeah, so yeah, just felt really alone, really abandoned, kind of just left out there like, God, where are you? Um, but had my friends and had what felt like my family of God with me. And so it was better with people, but still was going through this grieving process where I was also just losing what I knew as my own family and life was just going to be really different. And so I think it's really natural for me to kind of learn how to do things myself and be like, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll get through it. And even going to school for social work and therapy, it's like, I know what I should do. Like (laughs) I know the right feelings. I know what I should do with them, but when it's happening to yourself, it's like, no, that's just not realistic all the time. And so really felt the Lord reveal himself to me as shepherd in this time. And, and landed a lot in Psalm 23, which even that I was like, this is so cliche. Everybody knows Psalm 23, like Lord, show me something new or show me something exciting that feels unique. Um, but yeah, just, he really had me land in there. And, um, there's a part where it talks about his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Um, and yeah, he was just inviting me every day really clearly to ask, is it my rod or is it my staff that's comforting you? And so every day I'd wake up and be like, okay, Lord, is it your rod or is it your staff? And I'd wait. Um, and he would speak and a lot of times he would speak and then some crazy conversation would happen. I'd be like, okay, it is your rod. Or I would break down on the couch crying. And it's like, okay, your staff is comforting me. And so. Can you like break down what the difference would be? Like what each kind of means? Yeah. Um, so to me, it was the rod is his way of protection and his way of defending against predators. And so you think like a sheep in the field, there's wolves, predators, whatever it is. And he has the rod he's defending you. So kind of like the Lord who goes before me. And then his staff is kind of the typical thing you see with shepherds where it has the little curve on the end. Um, And it felt like this place of rest and this place of safety and rescue where he could pull me out with it, or he could use the curved thing and lift me up. I can't pick myself up. Um, Or just that I was safe to rest and he would protect me or I can lean on him. And so yeah, I think there's all these different characteristics of God that can be shown in the overarching theme of him being our shepherd. Wow. Yeah. Um, but really just got to lean into the rest of God and his rescuing and his protection, his defender. It was just like, okay, Lucy, like you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to protect yourself. It's okay to be weak. Um, and I can trust that the Lord will pick me up and he's walking with me and he's guiding me. It's so good and practical. Like, I just love the way that he invited you into asking him that every day. And he gave you practically what it would look like. And it was like every day you were faithful to do it. And you also got to experience it as you were expecting to. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm such a practical person. (laughs) So I feel like with the Lord, he's like, okay, here's like step by step what you need to do. And it's like little bite-sized chunks. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like it feels like the big questions of like, oh, just trust God or just lean on him. I'm like, that doesn't feel like enough. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then he's so faithful to speak and be like, no, here's like bite size, exactly what I want you to do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Lord, like I can do that. That feels easy. And it feels like him. And he totally knows what you need, you know, and he gave you exactly what you needed every single day. That's so beautiful to hear. Thanks. Yeah. So this is you, like a season of you learning about God as your shepherd And so every day you got to hear either one way or the other, who are you showing up for me as? So in the midst of God continually showing up for you in these two different aspects of him being the shepherd, how how do you feel like that really changed how you viewed him? Or maybe how did that affect the season that you were in? Yeah, I think... Overall, it just proved that the Lord is trustworthy. And I think tied up in a lot of this felt really betrayed by God because it felt like promises that he had for my family and that I'd seen glimpses of took like a total left turn and went the other way. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, like you spoke these promises over my family and we took like 10 step backwards. Yeah. And then with these revelations of shepherd and rod and staff, just him like walking me along each step forward um, and speaking his old promises, but also speaking new hope and kind of like these building blocks of like foundational trust and walking with him. Um, Yeah. And so I think it honestly restored a lot of trust that I had in the Lord that was broken. Um, but it felt really healing and where I was mad at God and didn't want to have to depend on him. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I can do it. One, I wasn't fine. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> but also I was like, okay, I'm going to choose to risk and I'm going to choose to trust what you've spoken. And I'm going to be faithful to ask what I felt like you've asked and see if he comes through. And he did because he's faithful and true and he always shows up. And so, yeah, just got to see these little glimpses of like trust and rootedness of his faithfulness. I love the way that you just described that of he was so clearly drawing you back to a place of dependency on him when you were trying to maybe figure it out yourself, which is something that we all very often try to do. But I loved what you said is that you took a risk and you actually <laughs> took him at his word. And it, and it feels like every day you had to decide to obey and ask him that question is it your rod or your staff and that's risky because because what do we we don't know what to expect sometimes I think but Mm -hmm. the way that you took a risk and trusted him and he came through for you and restored that trust that was broken through pain and like suffering I think Mm -hmm. is so beautiful one that you would choose to risk and like trust him even in the midst of it when you're not seeing maybe the promises fulfilled or the promises seem to be like getting erased by circumstance but um yeah I love what you said he is faithful and true and when we take a risk on God I think he's really good to show up in that way mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's even this weird place. I don't just me because I'm more of an empathetic person, Mm -hmm. but it felt harder to risk 
other people with God, if that makes sense, where Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I can, I can risk it with God. I can try, I can fail, but like trusting him with my family feels really hard right now. Mm, Like, I don't know, almost that it felt like I was the guinea pig and (laughs) that, yeah, that just felt harder than trusting the Lord with my family and where it was like, okay, I can mess up. I can fail, but like, Lord, protect them. Like, don't have them walk through what I'm going through. And I don't know, but just the care that he has of like, no, Lucy, like I care about you. Like, I love your family. I have hope for your family, but like, I love you. And just this feeling of him, like taking me by the face and like shaking it in me of like, no, it's you. And I'm like, okay. Like it feels hard sometimes. So that's also like him, like you're like that picture of him, like holding your face and like, that means you have to look in his eyes, which means that wherever your gaze was before it was on your life and it was on your family and circumstances. And he's like, it's like his kindness to redirect you to look at him because you're the apple of his eye. Like he actually does care about you. Of course he cares about your family and you saw that, but also he's like, I actually care about you. And I think what you're talking about, if it's harder to risk it, with other people you're like I I'm fine if it messes up for me but like it's harder like the stakes feel higher when you really have no control over it and I think that's also his kindness to be like Mm -hmm. I am doing something in you for you because your dependence on me is way better than you like being half in half out and I think him like redirecting your gaze to be fully on him and fully dependent on him is um just like the fruit of how much he really does care for your soul mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's how he feels about all of us you know it's not just a Lucy thing it's Alexa and a Lauren thing and whoever is listening like mm-hmm. it's for you too um and there's this verse in Ezekiel that I landed a lot in where it's also talking about God as the shepherd and it says, I myself will search my flock and look for them. Mm. And it was that revelation of like God himself will go and search for his flock. It's not, he's going to send angels or a friend to go after you. Like God himself is coming after you to find his flock and to look for them. And so however scattered you feel or however scattered I was in my mind or what I was doing or whatever, like, God himself came back and came after me. And so even this is like the, what's the word? I mean, really just like the person of Jesus, like the humanity Mm. of God to be like, okay, like, no, I'm going to go after them. I care enough for them that I'm going to go. I'm not going to send an angel or a disciple or someone else that he could have, but he just cares enough that he'll risk it all for himself and that's what he did with Jesus you know he risked it all with his son to be the lamb of God to be that sacrifice that's like okay I'm actually not anymore like Jesus took that for me and now I just get to walk in the fellowship with God and let him search me and rescue me and tend to me and just be everything I need that's so good I'm just thinking about the idea of the humanity of God and it's like he wants to be so personal with us you know he's not this 
big shepherd that oversees hundreds of thousands of sheep, but like he knows each one by name and he'll get down to our level and he'll chase after the one, just like what you're saying. He'll leave the 99 and go for the one because uh, he does care that much and he's like he himself will reach out and do it. And that's so personable of him to like care that much. I think when we I think when we get it through our minds that's like God cares that much for me. Like he sent Jesus, yes, for the world, but that was like I'm included in that. Like that was actually for mm-hmm. me. I think that opens the door for so much more of a relationship with God instead of just like maybe doing the right things or um yeah, like going to church and praying and reading the Bible, I think it all changes when it feels so relational. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Almost like there's a bird's eye view at first of like, these are the things that church should be, or God came for good. And just like this zoomed out picture. And then when it gets really personal, it's just like zoomed in, like just you, just you and God. And that's yeah. it. And that was his design and what he wanted. And that's even enough for him is just relationship with all of us and that's why I I love the imagery of the shepherd like lord as shepherd too because he it wasn't like in when the sheep are with the shepherd out in the fields it's just them like there is no one else around maybe there's other Mm -hmm. shepherds like on the other hill over there like you can see from a distance (laughs) but in reality when we're talking about the relationship of us as believers with Christ as our shepherd, like we got to get to a place where it's just him and it's just us as a sheep, you know? And, um, I'm just even reminded of John 10, another great passage about Jesus being the shepherd. And it says that his sheep hear his voice and they won't follow a stranger's voice, but they'll follow his voice because they know him. And I think it's that knowing him and the recognizing his voice and the ability to be alone with God in that like shepherd relationship context, I think is, I think it's vital for us in understanding how God cares for us. Definitely. And even, yeah, I love the contrast of that in John and with Psalm 23, yeah. where it says in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm-hmm. Like, unless we trust his voice to lead us essentially to our enemies or to the darkest places right. and to kind of like set up camp there and to trust that his voice is enough and like what he speaks is enough in those moments where it's like if we don't fully trust his voice as the shepherd then it's really hard for me, at least it was really hard to be led in those dark places and not feel abandoned. But it says right after you know my head with oil, my cup overflows, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And it's like, man, I'm in like the Valley. I'm in my enemies. I'm in my darkest places, but because he's the trustful, trustful, trustworthy shepherd, I can trust in the goodness and faithful love that will continue to pursue me even in those really dark places. That's so good to, to remember when we feel like we are in those dark places. And it's like, I'm getting like, you know, the imagery of you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like I'm literally thinking about 
Jesus preparing a dinner table in the deep, dark valley, like at the bottom of it. And like we get to see all of our enemies around us. And if we're only focused on the fact that we're, we can only see our enemies, then that's going to feel super scary. And you're going to be like, I'm questioning everything I ever knew about life and everything I ever knew about God. But you're right, Lucy. It's when we, tr- like when we trust that his voice is enough. Like when we really feel like we know his voice, which we do through relationship and time and mentoring and through knowing the word of God. That's how we recognize his voice more and more. But it's like, if we trust that his voice is enough and he leads us through this valley, we can then sit at that table with all of our enemies staring us in the face, whether it's like fear or pain or grief or whatever, and be like, I trust in the voice of God who led me here because he's the one who knows the way out, and I don't. And I think if we don't have that confidence in the voice of God and in the leadership of God, which I think are primary aspects of Jesus the shepherd, then mm-hmm. we can't we can't sit at that table with confidence. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. safety when we're with him at the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This is kind of a silly tangent, but I went to the state fair today. <laughs> oh, the state fair of Texas. <laughs> oh, I love the state fair of Texas. <laughs> I know. And we went, they had this little birthing center where essentially animals were being born. It was the craziest thing ever. Wow. <laughs> there was a cow that was born an hour before we got there. Like oh a little baby calf. Gosh. And it was like nursing on its mom. And mom's head was on a swivel, like going back and forth, just in that like protect mode. Yeah. And I feel like that even now with this, where it's like he prepares a table for us and we're feasting and eating with him and his head is on a swivel, like there's safety and oh, wow. being with him in those places. But there's also that constant like protection and the defense. And so even seeing that as like him being the shepherd with the rod and the staff, mm-hmm. like there's safety to eat and be vulnerable and feast and rest. But there's also you can trust in the protection and the defense of God. That's so good. Like you're actually able to rest at the table and you're able to feast because God is the one whose head is on a swivel. For you, like mm-hmm. he's the one who's going to defend you if anything crazy starts happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's awesome. I um, I looked up Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation, which mm-hmm. you know I love. <laughs> Lauren's laughing at you me. Love it. She knows I love it. It's just more poetic. But I want to read verse 4, which is... um which is talking about the rod and the staff. But this version says, Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. I just Mm. love that. I think that goes just right along with what you were saying of the rod is protection and a defense. And this version describes it as like, it's the authority of God that provides that kind of protection and defense against mortal enemies and spiritual ones too. It's the authority of God that nothing can surpass that. 
and that gives us peace of like, oh, I'm on, I'm on the right side of this battle. Like I'm on the side Mm -hmm. that's already won. And then just the, the staff being the comfort of the love of God, which takes away my fear. And I'm reminded of that verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. So if we're really Mm -hmm. experiencing the love of God, then fear can't coexist there. I just, I love the language. That's the passion translation, everyone. (laughs) Go read it. it. In the verse she's talking about with love, uh, casting out all fears, 1 John 4, if you're curious. Oh, and that's Lauren's favorite book, the Bible. Yeah, it is. Lauren, the Bible scholar. (laughs) Love it. So good. So Lucy, one last question on God as the shepherd. Now that you can look back, that was, what, 2020-ish? Now it's 2023, yeah. almost 2024. No way. It's been a little bit. It's not scary. Don't be scared. No, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, as you look back on that season, how do you feel like that changes how you relate to God now? when maybe your season looks really different. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sorry, my headphone fell out. Oh, you're great. <laughs> so how does my season from the past relate to Yeah. Like now? how did you, how did you experiencing God as a shepherd in that season? In like a really intense time for you. When you think of that now, how does that change the way that you relate with God, even though maybe you're in a different season? How do you mm-hmm. relate with God now, knowing that he revealed himself to you as the shepherd? Yeah, I think it makes saying yes to him a lot easier. Wow. Mm. Where it's like, I was living in Waco and then felt like, it's like, hey, you essentially should quit your job and move to Fort Worth and get a new job. And I was like, Fort Worth is not where I want to end up. Like, <laughs> I did not want to stay in Texas. wanted to go around the world and do big things with God. Yeah. But it was like, okay, God, like, I can trust you. And I can trust your voice. And I can trust where you're leading me. Um, and I think it also feels really safe to dream with him mm-hmm. where he does care about me. And he cares about what I want and what I want to do with him and I can do that on my own timing and it might still work out. It'll be okay. But if I trust him and walk with him, then I know that it's going to be good. And I know it's going to be joyful and just what he has for me. And so, yeah, I think all summed up, it just makes saying yes to him a lot easier because I have that foundation. I'm like, okay, it might look weird. It might get a little curvy and, sometimes dark but I know he's there with me or it can be really great and these like amazing moments and experiences with God and he'll also still be there and it'll be good yeah so yeah just in whatever it looks like if he's leading me then it's good and so saying yes to feel feels like the natural response that's so beautiful what would you say to like a listener who's like I didn't even know, like, God, like, loved me enough to speak to me or, like, to, like, respond. Like, what? how would you encourage someone who's just, like, feeling stuck and frustrated and alone right now? Yeah. I think just get in the Word. 
I think that can feel really intimidating. And for me, it was like, what? The Bible, that's old and boring. <laughs> but even practically, like read Psalm 23, read the book of John, read First yeah. John. Um, and I think you'll just see like story after story of Jesus speaking and of God speaking to his people and mm-hmm. giving promises. Um, and like it says in John, his sheep know his voice. Mm-hmm. And so we know the voice of God, like that's in us, but his voice also doesn't contradict scripture. And so we need to know the Bible to know what he sounds like. That's so um, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So just getting in the word to hear him. I love it. The more, I think the more that we're in the word, it like increases our hunger for the word. You know what I mean? Like the kingdom mm-hmm. of God is so upside down. I feel like I think about this idea all the time that instead of the more you eat, you like don't want anymore. But with the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. it's the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And so I love that idea of just get in the word to start and God will continue to stir your hunger. And the more we know the word of God, like that's his language. And so that's mm-hmm. how we're going to recognize when he's speaking to us. Cause you're right. He's not going to contradict his own word. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to come across as that person's like, just read your Bible. Everything will be better. Like I can picture myself sure. as like 17 years old struggling with these deep things. And if someone's like, read your Bible. I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I hear that. <laughs> and so even just making it really like, just read a verse a day. Kind of what we were talking about earlier with risking with God. Like, yeah. what if you risk it and just spend five minutes and just ask him, God, what are you saying? Or God, what do you love about me? Yeah. Or what are you wanting me to know about you? And just giving it a couple minutes. Like we can all risk a couple minutes in our day yeah. to maybe get more of God. And so. Those are some low stakes risks too. Like you can mm-hmm. start small. I think that feels really attainable. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Thanks. <laughs> You're the, so wise. I love listening <laughs> to you talk. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We are just about out of time, but I, at least for me, I have been so encouraged learning about how God showed up for you as the shepherd. And yeah, I'm just so excited to, I don't know, it makes me want to like go home and ask him, like, what can I risk for you today, God, you know, like he's so faithful to come through for us. And so, yeah, yeah, that is all the time we have for today. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so honored to have hosted you. Thank you for sharing um, your testimony of Jesus. I think it'll really inspire hope uh, for all of us and to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you are encouraged that as children of God, you are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the extravagant blessings He has in store for you. Come back next week to learn more.